Hello, ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast back once again. My name is Dan, we will bring you nine facts over the course of the next um, 40, 45 minutes. You just decide whether they are worth keeping, saving, retaining, or worth generally chucking into the bin. Uh, I have got stuff about reading a book on Pluto, about the non-driver who invented most driving things, and literal blowing smoke up your ass. Mark, what do you have? Uh, this week, I've got why planes provide you the tools for something that you're not allowed to do, why sometimes it is okay to just declare what your legal tender is, and finally, a bit of a mind melt for you. And Connor, who is literally the second finished drinking a cola... Uh, are you ready? Are you good? Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about uh, James Bond, something about Bugatti owners and a pig. There you go. No, nothing cryptic or teasing there, but stick around. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So I need to ask before we start, Connor. Hmm. Um, Mark and I were, you know, head down, figuring out what we're going to do, and you were just spending those last two seconds just getting the last minute. Can't even say it's uh, a, sh- a sugar rush because it's zero sugar. Just getting the hits, really, before I prepare myself to uh, get bombarded with your sh- of the facts that I'm going to bring you. Because you're not going to like them today. Why, why do we start like He this? will. Why do we start like No, nah, you'll like them. They're good ones. Are you not worried about burps? No, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm feeling myself today. I'm liking these. All right. I mean, he's got, he's got a proper smile on. I yeah, mean, yeah. He, you do look like a little bit that you've just left a really posh prep school and, you know, you've gone, oh, I finished school, go straight, record the podcast. There's a reason for this. Washing machine broke. Washing Minimal machine. clothing is left. So <laughs> this was pretty much all I had. You're Double we- up on the Navy today. Yeah, it is proper. You're, you're wearing a like a, a, a checked shirt, collar up, mm. sweater jumper over the top that says Cape May, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Bit hot today. You do look a bit preppy. I am preppy. All right, then. Husky voice, coke to the ready. What's your first fact of the show? (sighs) So the average Bugatti owner, they've actually surveyed the Bugatti owners. And it is seen that most of them own 84 cars, along with a Bugatti, three jets and a yacht. I would argue in the current climate crisis. Bad fact. It's just unnecessary for them to make them anymore. Mm. If that's your market, if your market is the fact you're having people who are already got cars, yachts, jets, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to get on a, a high horse, but I would argue that Bugatti can stop making cars. What is my thing? 84 cars. Yeah. Too, well, it's too many. It's, it's at least 80 too many. I'm a big... I struggle to park one car in the car yeah. park, yeah. let alone have an 84. Big car fan. Like cars. And... I think that if I had lots of money, I could probably feel a bit of a collection. Mm. Anything from five to maybe ten. 84 cars. Ridiculous. Too many. 
Three jets. When would you drive them all? Well, you wouldn't, wouldn't you? It'd just be one of those pick pick the day. Is it one of those 84 cars in 84 different countries around the world? One of those. You're looking at them. I know. Especially if you've got a yacht as well. You're going to need one in, you're going to need some cars in Monaco, Mm. you're going to need some cars in, you know, other fancy ports around the world that I can't think of immediately, so we'll just pretend they all exist. You know? I think it makes cars everywhere. I think it makes sense that they have that much as a Bugatti owner because when I look at a Bugatti, you're only buying a Bugatti when you've completed it. You've completed everything. It's not a daily runaround, is it? No, the Bugatti, the Bugatti comes at completion. Yeah. Game's complete, 100%, done. Mission's completed, everything. Then you get the Bugatti to finish off. Yeah. You're not getting a Bugatti at a moment, everything's yeah. finished. Mortgage, done. Jets, yeah, yacht, yeah, I, it happens then. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is the it is that status symbol, isn't it? Yeah. Many, many people, I would say, who are slightly wealthy and our age, a bit older, will choose to show they've completed it by getting the Tesla. Yeah, the Tesla yeah. is, is now. Oh, well, I, I've completed being young with money, and I'm just thinking about the world. Whereas if you're a bit older and you've got money, mm. you don't give a sh. Bugatti, Bugatti. I do feel with the Bugatti, it is quite. Um, I think you have to have a a presence of knob to drive one. Like, you can't just be a standard guy. You have to get out and kind of have that bit of like, look at me. I don't, but I've mm. always thought the logo is the least knobbish of all because it, it's not like an animal. It's not gold or silver plated. It's not stuck up out of the hood like something from a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. It's just Bugatti. Just a little red sign. I think it looks, it, it almost looks like the logo for Lidl. You know what I mean? It's just like the word. Yeah. You just compare Bugatti and Lidl. To Lidl. Mm. I, I, I say that, but if I had loads of money, I'd take it all back. What? If I had loads of money, I'd take back everything I said. You'd buy one. I'd buy one. I w- I've, I've, I've openly admitted this as well in the past when I spoke about money. I would think I would lose my head a little bit. I would. What if would I got it? out of a Bugatti in front of everyone, I'd be like, look at me. I don't care. <laughs> but, I would be. I'd be like, I'm driving the Bugatti. But Eyes you, on me, please. But you'd, you'd specifically have to be a knob because you'd be driving that car in order to show people that you've, you've got that car because you're not using it as a runaround. Terrible, you know, miles per gallon. Hmm. Costs you so much to maintain. Costs you so much to power. You are, you're only ever driving it specifically to a place to say, look, I've got a Bugatti. Well, I had a little yeah. look at additional Bugatti facts. Apparently, apparently, 15,000 it costs for a Bugatti service. 15,000. 15, just to service it. Yeah, just to get it looked at. But is that, mm. what about the knockoff man around the corner? What about Gary well, next, I think next to the you, corner if shop? You put up Would a you trust fit? Gary from the corner shops, do you? From next to the corner shop, even? Definitely not Gary from the corner shop. What you could do, you quick could just, fit would finish you, mate. You could just buy the old service stamp to put in the book. You could buy that online. And then, can they put the miles back on the old Bugatti's before they sling them up on Auto Trader? Make it like the <laughs> mileage is lower. But the mileage is never going to be high because you're never driving it. No one's doing 80,000 miles in a Bugatti. I think everybody would know everything about me too, because as they said, the average customer has the 84 cars, three jets and a yacht. You would probably be in my presence for two minutes and you'd know that. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. You would know all of those things. I'd be like, yeah, Bugatti today. God, I'm like, I think it's 70, maybe 80, I don't know, but I just weren't sure today. But yeah, on the jet tomorrow, one yeah. of the three actually. I'd have to like ease it in. You'd know yeah. it. Oh, 100%. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. The reason that there are still ashtrays on planes is because authorities refuse to believe that people will never stop smoking on planes. <laughs> I was on a, a flight recently to Budapest and someone got kicked out and his passport got confiscated. I mean, not kicked out, it was on a plane, but his passport got confiscated. Say, that's, that, was... that is pretty drastic. No, just <laughs> off the plane, open the door. Yeah. He was vaping. See ya. He was vaping. 
Right, this has started a debate. Good fact. We'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. The vaping indoor thing really pisses me off. It really annoys me on trains and stuff like that. It's no different. You vape. I don't want your strawberry kiwi menthol smell all in my asthmatic area, please. If I'm okay, I'm good. Tar though. I don't see it a lot, you know. Oh, mate, I see a lot. I don't, in, my, in my neck of the woods, I don't mate. go out to East London. People in South West are, are, are quite... They show some decorum. They know when to... The old train back to Essex every day, I tell you. <laughs> Honestly. You got, you got them all... Almost you got powered them all by vape. <laughs> He's powered by... That C2C line is powered by vape. With the ashtrays... Yeah. Why has no one said to them, it's not happening? And also so, the terrible ashtrays. Yeah, so, so there's, there's a couple of reasons for where this. Where are they first in the place? Since so they're always in the toilet. They are, and you I'm never trying, notice it. I'm trying to think where they are. No, they are, and that makes more they're, sense. They're in the door. That yes. makes That makes more sense. If it was just, yes. as I imagine it was back in the 50s or whenever, when you could smoke and you just had it there with you, I can imagine that. But as a precaution, knowing that humans are what humans are, having them in the toilet does make a bit more sense. And this is essentially why they're there. Because if you're going to smoke on a plane, you're going to try and hide it. You're going to try and do it in the toilet. So if you get caught, what they want you to do is to go, oh, put it out in the ashtray rather than flick it down the toilet or into the sink or something, which is a lot more dangerous on the plane. So because humans can't be trusted not to want to smoke, we have to put in the precautions. So that is why planes still have ashtrays. I didn't think you was allowed on the plane with a pack of cigarettes. You had to be in your main... People can smuggle them. Yeah, people smuggle Yeah, up the bum. Yeah. I saw a documentary where someone smuggled snakes onto a plane. Chaos. Samuel L. Jackson running everywhere. I, you know, if I smoked and I was really that desperate, because at the end of the day, what are they going to do? They're not going to kick you off. Are I they, mean, it's very hard to kick you off planes. They're not, just they're not going to confiscate anything. It's the other side, though. Then, but they're not going to do anything. If you're flying to somewhere like Dubai, yeah. you're in for some when you get to the other side. You well, I think even if like you're going to America or something, because like the America they are question very, you enough. very hot on the very hot on the law of you are not like it's a federal offence. Hmm. So But it's just admin. Yeah. Surely they won't be asked with the admin. No, I think they would. No, what no. Kind of British get off, mate. I when I last flew to America, like we I don't know, we landed at midday. Massive queue for immigration, one person. Always there. the way. Right. And I said, so I said to someone, I said, what, you know, you've had two planes land, hundreds of people. Where is everyone? Oh, they're on their lunch. Yep. I was like, well, how, how can M- you maybe, not plan maybe get to your lunch around the plane? This is a tiny airport. You get like four landings a day. Yeah. Just do a bit of admin. And do you know what else really, really bugs me as well? It's not like they're fast. They are so slow. Every time <laughs> they'll ask you a million questions. It'll be like, how long are you here for? You tell them, do you have intentions of coming home? Well, yeah, because I've just told you how long I'm here for. What are you going to do here? Visit family. You're going to earn money? No. Family. And it just goes round. You've got a queue of hundred. You just sort of look, wouldn't you? Passport in oh, day. But the thing is, they've got to go through the process. It's the same as like when you do a visa to get into America or a, uh, an ESTA for the UK, so a visa exemption. You have to answer the question, are you a terrorist or will you engage in terrorism yeah. activity? You have to answer it so that if you do do it, they can go, yeah. Well, you lied. We can now kick you out. I think that so might be. So they have to go through the process. They have to get the admin in place. My favourite thing. So that they can then kick you out. I think, I don't think that's for that at all. I think it's to catch out idiots. I say that. I think it's to catch out idiots and people that aren't paying attention. Because they're like, we don't, we don't want these, we don't want these people in our country. So it's like, you have to pay attention when you do it. And also they make you do the, it's kind of like the, I'm not a robot questions. Yeah. They make you do every finger. When you, you, every fingerprint. What, what, what am I going to do with my pinky? When you turn up to Florida International, they're big 
Hoo-ha. Hey, Mark's back! Hello, mate! Oh, it's straight to the front. Pretty much don't need to do any of my fingers anymore. They've got them all. <laughs> straight to the front. Are you with the fam today? Hey, come on! Straight to the front of the queue. Here he is. Right, first fact of the show for me. It's about literally blowing smoke up your ass. Back in time, way back, to attempt to resuscitate victims of drowning, medical people would blow tobacco smoke up your ass. That's where the phrase comes from, isn't it? You're going to do it every single show, aren't you? Yeah. The whistle. Every time I think of a way to do it, and I only just came up with that, would you know? I thought, you know, I'm going to deploy here. The old... It's your favourite thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's frustrating, just a little bit. That's why, six shows in a row now. Why, um, why a tobacco smoke up the bum? What does that do then? Well, the theory is... So, so this goes way, way, way back to ancient people who lived in South America who found that tobacco had quite a lot of... Med- Thor and found that tobacco had quite a lot of medicinal properties. Mm. Uh, so they would use it all over the place. And then about 500 years ago, physicians thought that the, uh, the appropriate treatment for almost death was warmth was warmth and stimulation. And what does tobacco and smoke give you? Warmth and stimulation. Anne Green, who was a woman sentenced to death, uh, I think we might have spoken about her on the show, actually. She was hanged in 1650 for the supposed murder of a stillborn child. And she was found by anatomists to be still alive. So they revived her by... Yeah, smoke up the blowing smoke up the old... Rectum. Anyone got a picture of it happening, or is that just me? Just you. Richard Mead was among the first Western scholar... Uh, to recommend tobacco smoke enemas to resuscitate victims of drowning. In 1745, he recommended tobacco glisters to treat iotrogenic drowning caused by immersion therapy. Is this something to do with the saying, blowing smoke up somebody's ass? I literally don't know, and I hope it is. I think it's got to be, isn't it? But then Surely. I've been blowing... Listen, listen. You can hear Mark's fingers furiously tapping away. Needs to prove this. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if you do... It, it is exactly from that. Have we not had that as a fact? Yeah, we have. Type so fast. Did you remember he? that? Yeah, he's like a he's like Only a Siri, isn't he? So so he's he right. is Alexa of the show. No, no, no. But he's had the fact. Oh, so he has brought on this show before mm-hmm. the fact blowing smoke up your ass literally comes from that. Good, yeah. well, brilliant. Because, because they used to be lined along the River Thames as well. So this oh, isn't just like a that. South America thing. This is like a, even here in London used to happen. I do remember that. And you know what's amazing? People will remember me saying it more than they remembered you saying do it. You know what that is? That's combined fact in that. And, and here's the thing. You remember when you were at school? Hmm. You never remembered something when someone told you through, told you it once. That's when you were in language classes. Your French teacher would make you say it over and over again. Un, deux, trois, quatre, que la date son anniversaire. It's about reiteration and repetition, which is why we should just start at the beginning and do all our facts again. So just cause I'm I've just got a list of them all. Trapping my head around this, though. So you drown, get pulled out, bent over, and someone... I don't think they would bend you over. I think you were lying down. Oh, Christ. Lying... Sorry. So, like, so like essentially they would do it with head. Do you remember like the little fans yeah. That you'd have like holding yeah. two hands Oh so, I thought which, they'd done it with a mouth They didn't blow it No Oh I thought they'd done it with their mouth No it's, oh, it's, it's not like right. a mouth to mouth resuscitation oh, I thing it was. it was like oh, a I chimney thought, fan I Yeah it's like, a, it's like one of those chimney fans That like you would Got s- you You'd smoke your fire My with. concern was Was That noise yeah. Difficult right I can't You know no. That was my No it's, it's not It's not Mouth to ass resuscitation. Right. It was done with a. It's got to say, sure, I've seen a video of that before. Right, well, let's find out if we've heard Connor's second fact ever before. Who will know because no one remembers? Well, we're going to go to 1386 to talk about a pig, a pig that was executed in France. Heard about this? 
pig that was executed in France. Uh, I like it, yeah. As in for bacon? No, so a pig attacked... Yeah, ma- yeah, many pigs have been executed. Yeah, well, this one was executed after an act of violence. The pig attacked a child. The child went on to die later, right, from their wounds. So you think, I was about oh. to say, not just die later, isn't that, as it lived a full life and full then life. as an adult died and they went, pig's to blame. You think, oh, pig will probably get executed? No. They arrested the pig. They arrested him or her. Kept it in prison, then sentenced it at court and found guilty of murder and executed. I mean, do you put the pig on the stand, though? That's the big question. And is that going to help its case? If you do, who sticks up for the pig? Who's pleading the pig's case? I just don't really understand the point, really, in this, do you? I mean, over here, prisons are pretty full. Back in 1386, obviously, had free space. How have you managed to make this a political issue? Oh, what? He's got back on his soapbox box there. <laughs> That's an old bloody bit. Do you know what I blame? God, prison's you know bloody full nowadays, aren't they? Do you know what I blame for this? Liz Truss. <laughs> I think you've got a good window of when you can blame Liz Truss for things. I, th- I think you've got a little thing. because 1386, was... a bit mental, really. No, I, I feel like we've got a very small window. I think it was about 45 days. No, That's, that's how long we can No, do. I mean, the window is in like a, two years' time. Because it was so bad, you can say, you know whose fault that was? Big Lizzie T. I just don't That's understand. right, Baffles turned into a satire podcast. Welcome along. I just don't understand why... The only thing that I can get as an understanding as to why this happened is do you reckon the pig was owned by somebody? It wasn't a wild pig, so therefore they... I mean, who represents the pig in court? I have so many questions about this. Well, my biggest understanding would be they don't want the pig to die. So they're in court to keep the life of the pig. So that's why all this happened. Does the lawyer walk into the first meeting with the pig and go, going to save your bacon? Well, I'm, I'm happy Thank that you've much. done that. That was too obvious a pun, but I have actually been thinking for the last five do you know minutes what we of any... Do? I like pig yeah. prison puns do you know what, is what we I should do, doing. though? We should probably like talk about the facts more than the puns that you two come up with that could be on the front of a birthday card. Yeah, Let's right. talk... Just because I don't want to ham it up too much. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I can't come up with anything. I was trying to think of p- prison pig puns. He's still racking his brain for more. I know he is. No, I'm not. I'm done. What was the one you said afterwards? I don't want to ham was it up it? too much. Uh, I thought it was slice of luck. I didn't know it was that, but that's not really a part. I've been trying to think of something to do with oink, and I just can't get there. <laughs> well, in, they locked him in the cloink? Yeah, I mean... That wasn't bad. Mm. Mm. That was wordplay. Wordplay didn't make any sense. not a word. What was the fact again? The pig was arrested, kept in prison, sent to court, stood trial for murder, executed for killing a kid. How long? How how many? How long did he spend in? in Not the- long. Couple of days. <laughs> couple of days. He had one that's phone. A guess, that's a guess, isn't it? One phone call, did, and that was it. Does he get a last meal? Or, or or does he help everyone else on the death row get a last meal? I'm just I'm just waiting for. Mm. Mm. No genuine question. Uh, They're great. This is what the people love. I can't think of any any puns. It's fine. We don't need puns about a pig. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. No one ever agreed to or allowed Montenegro to start using the euro. Instead, they just decided to. <laughs> I like it. Surely there's got to be more protocol in that. You know what this is? Bloody Brussels bureaucracy. Yeah. Joe, I blame. Liz, Liz Truss. Truss. <laughs> uh, do you reckon they just looked and went, what one do we want? Is that how they done it? Euro, dollar. So they have to buy the euros from somewhere. They can't just swap it all. It's all right. fake, mate. Right. So, so, so here's the thing. So every country that uses the euro... Has it certified by the European Central Bank? Too bloody money. And then they get to have their own euro money. So like in Spain, you have famous Spanish people on the notes, on the coins, etc. Montenegro is not allowed any of that. So if you use the euro in Montenegro, 
It's just various money that is in circulation around the place. Of Spanish, Greek, Spanish, blah, blah. yeah, Greek, German, sure. whatever. So do they have, a, do they have like their own economy, or do they run off of other countries' economies? So this is the other thing. The whole point of the euro is that everyone who is part of it is then part of the European Central Bank, and they yeah. look after everything. Montenegro is just like, no, we're not affiliated to that. So they don't actually have their own currency of earning. Or- no, so it's, so it's all kind of a bit because of a complicated history. So. Montenegro used to be part of Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia then broke up. They then um, continued using the Yugoslav dinar, which was the money they used. And then that massively tanked because Yugoslavia broke up and was awful. So then they just decided to start using German money. So they started using the Deutsche Mark. Um, And then that obviously ceased to exist when the euro came in. So then they once again just decided they were going to use the euro. How do do people trade with them, though? Like if if the England as a country wants to buy Montenegrin things, how does that work? Then they would pay in euros. Any euros they can get hold of? Yeah, it's just it's just the same. So like if you go there, you would just take euros and you would use euros as legal tender. Because what I'm confused with is like, okay, so and you're going to have to help me along this, but say you're buying something in, you live in America, you're buying something in the UK in sterling, you're yes. contributing to the sterling pound, whatever it is, yes. making it stronger, etc. So in Montenegro, well, you're not you, you actually... Are, you are making the British economy stronger, which in turn makes the British so you're not, pound stronger. It doesn't actually exist, the Montenegro economy. It doesn't actually physically... There's no proof of it. It does. However, one of the reasons they can get away with using the euro is it's so small compared to the rest of the eurozone. So if you think of huge economies like Germany and France and Spain that use the euro, Montenegro is so small that actually doesn't necessarily matter too much to the value of the euro how well the Montenegrin economy is Because like how I look at that, you say like a billionaire pulls up on his boat at Montenegro or wherever, he's yep. got he's got fifty million in Spanish Euros. A lot of Bugattis. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, a lot of those, eighty four. He's got fifty million in cash, yep. walks into Montenegro, spends it in Montenegro, but it's yep. Spanish Euros. Does that help Montenegro? Like, yeah, it does because it still then moves within the economy. So the way the economy works is that um, essentially, you know, if you put money in at one end, then that money then has to get spent. So then there's more money within the economy, and everyone supposedly benefits from. Good that. fact. This actually one of my favourite facts in the last six months. Trading though, enjoyed this. Surely no one would buy their currency because it's not certified legal tender by the. But EU. They don't have it. They don't have but, a currency. But, but it doesn't matter about their currency. They don't have All one. they're worried about is selling their services, and you can buy their services. Like, you can buy services, like, theoretically, you could go into a British shop and you could say, will you take euros? If they say yes, then fine, you can trade in euros. It doesn't really matter. Slippery fish, I think. I don't like them. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, they are literally just part of the euro, but they don't have their own euro. Yeah, they're not even part of the European That's Union. <laughs> it's crazy. No, no, I'm just, it's just mad. Yeah. Hang on. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. all right, yeah. Second fact of the show. I can't believe how blown away you are by this. Yeah, because you know, you know this why, isn't even the one that I thought was going to blow his mind. Do you know why this is really good? Because you know when you go away on holiday, right? Mm. And then you repack your bag of all your holiday bits and you've got your old shorts, blah, 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 your old little bag that you took out there and you find there those dead euros. Montenegro is the place to go. But you could do that anywhere. I mean, you can probably yeah, you just can, take them anywhere. No, I've got a shot. But you can spend French euros in Spain. Oh, can you? Yeah. It's just they get issued them country by country. Oh, right. But you can spend yeah. them anywhere. Oh, this is because it's just, it's just, it's just euros everywhere. Second fact of the show for me: Pluto is one of the furthest things in the solar system. Used to be a planet, was declassified into an exoplanet. Still outraged. It was once the ninth planet from the sun. Into a what planet? 
an exoplanet, I think is what they call it. So what's that mean? Not a planet. Almost a planet, but not quite a planet. What didn't make it a planet? I think size. Not what? big enough. Okay. Anyway, the sunlight, Apparently size does matter. The sunlight in Pluto is still bright enough that you can read a book on the surface. There we go. If you're going to Pluto, don't worry about taking a torch with you. Pluto is 39 times further away from the sun than we are. But you, this is what it says. But you'd still need to pack your shades for a holiday on the edge of the solar system. On average, the sun on Pluto looks about 1,520 times fainter than it does here on Earth. But that's not particularly faint. And daylights are still pretty bright. And you'd still need to wear sunglasses and you can still read your book. Actually, on NASA, they've mocked up a thing where you can see what a sunrise would look like on Pluto. Do they, have a lot of people been to Pluto? No one has been to Pluto. So how do they know this? How do they know you can read a book on it? Uh, well, by measuring up the atmosphere. Maybe Voyager, when it travelled past it, took some photos. I'm not sure. Wow. Well, cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't, can't bloody get there, but if you do go there. If you do go there, take your shades. Take Captain It's a long Underpants. way to come back if you've got them. Because I don't think they've got many shade shops on Pluto. <laughs> Sunglasses are right there. Yeah, yeah. Right there. I wonder how long it would take you to get to Pluto, actually. How many? Would you have to? Would you have to? Ha- you have to give birth on the rocket, wouldn't you? I feel like it'd be a long time. But more so, the issue would be uh, your own food. You can't take up that much food. So, well, it, it would. T- what are you doing? Are you growing food when you're up there? Mm. That's one of the things they're talking about for miles, isn't it? Pluto is just over 5 billion kilometres away. Uh, a simple Google search has told me it would take you between 9 and 12 years. To- oh, was that it? Why's no one done it then? Oh, because you'd, you'd, you'd need to pack a lot of stuff. Probably doable though, isn't it? I reckon doable. So How long does it take to get to Mars? Uh, not that long. Not as long. A couple of days? No, nah, more than that. It's a couple of days to the moon. Maybe a month. A couple of months. Right. How long does it take to get to Mars? Seven months. The ultimate podcast for Married at First Sight fans is here. This is Recapped at First Sight. The new podcast keeping you up to date on all the love, fallouts, drama and secrets as the Married at First Sight UK bride and grooms try to make happy couples. And we're your happy couple right here, in a professional sense, of course. Join me, Kat Shub. And me, former Mavs UK groom Bob Voisey, every morning after you've watched the latest episode on TV. Plus, we'll have some special guests along the way enjoying our very own wedding breakfast. You bit the caterers, right? Uh, about that. Recapped at first sight. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You can always get in touch with the show. It's info at baffledpod.com. Or you can just head to baffledpod.com, which has got every means of communication, communica, communica, every means of communication. Even if you can't speak like Dan. I've had a long day. Long old day. TikTok's on there. Email's on there. Merch is on there. Get yourself layered up with some high quality cotton to keep yourself warm with the current cost of living crisis with some almost fleecy baffled socks. They're really good, actually. I slept in them the other day. Very nice. God. Mark, who's got in touch? Uh, I've got some presents for you. Hang on. Sorry for it. If there are a bunch of badgies that have been packed, I want to be furious. Return to sender. One yeah. Ah. Oh. One for Daniel. Oh, thank you very much. More stuff I've got to carry home. One for me. Oh yes. This is a brand new box sent to us. Do you know, do you know, do you know why I'm fuming about this? By Manscaped. Because you shaved your balls yesterday and cut them. Balls. So we've got the weed whacker. Uh, which is a product from Manscaped. Thank you very much. There is plenty in this box. So let me tell you about this. So uh, Baffled is currently sponsored by Manscaped. Whoop, 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 whoop. Um, so if you don't know who Manscaped are, they're the best in men's, um, should we say, below the waist grooming. If you need to trim the <laughs> testicles, that means. Yes, exactly. Basically, precision engineered tools that mean that you can look after your family jewels. And I bet Connor's got a few horror stories about that. So in here, you've got Manscaped's performance package. Hold on, Mark. I just got a great, great little bit here, mate. And I'm really interested in the product. But at the moment, Dan is struggling to get things out of a box. Yeah, he's not doing very well. He's knocked the mic 20 times. This is no comment on the product. Let Mark do his sell. Okay. Uh, so in here, you'll find the lawnmower, which okay. is to help for your downstairs area. Uh, also, your weed whacker, which is for your Ear and nose hairs. You can trim those. Uh, there's also some crop preserver ball deodorant. Um, some reviver toner. There's some boxer briefs in there as well. And we've got a t-shirt. And there's a travel bag. And if you want to get 20% off at Manscaped now, you can. Go to manscaped.com and you can get free shipping and 20% off if you use the code BAFFLED. Shave your balls safely. So manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping using the code Baffled. B-A-F-F-L-E-D. What's the code, Dan? It's baffled. Let me run you through what we've got. So, yeah, as Mark said, we've got this. Can we use this on our face too? Just not after your balls? What? the? Would you say face, then balls, balls, then face? I would just keep to your balls, to be honest, mate. <laughs> okay. Got a little razor in here. Yeah, crop reviver, toner. We've got some deodorant. We've got T-shirts. We've got everything. Thank you very much to Manscaped. Um, I tell you what, I'll report on this. Yeah. They're going to sponsor us for the whole month of November. Thank you. If you want 20% off and free shipping, go to manscaped.com. Use the code BAFFLED, B-A-F-F-L-E-D, like the podcast. Uh, And then unlock your confidence and use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Cheers, Manscaped. Last fact of the show then. Connor, take it away. Piers Bosnan. Jenny's a good bond. 
He was, he was pretty good. I enjoyed him as Bond, very suave. Wow, it's funny you say suave. He was actually contractually forbidden to wear a full tuxedo in anything other than a James Bond movie for seven years, from 95 to 2002. Weren't allowed. Only Bond movies. I mean, it makes sense. You can't have something that looks like Bond in a movie that's not Bond. Well, I th- what I think it does is it kind of takes that excitement away. Because when you see Bond in the tux, you're like, hmm, he looks good. But if you're seeing that at the old black tie event... Down the old halfway house on a Sunday. He couldn't wear it to events or just in movies. Was not allowed to wear a full tuxedo in any non-James Bond movie from 95 to 2002. But but like in life, he could still wear it. Well, no, I don't know. Because I was trying to look into this. I don't know. But I would imagine, no. Doesn't look great. On the red carpet, in a tux. Well, unless it's for Bond. If it's for Bond, fine. I think he was Bond contracted. Best Brosnan Bond. No, best Bond is Daniel Craig. No, no, no. (laughs) Best Brosnan Bond. Die what film? Another, die Another Day, I reckon. What? That's what? for Halle Berry, in it? Yeah. Mm. With the, the, the Ice Palace. Tomorrow Never Dies for me. To, yeah, so Tomorrow Never Dies is great. It's when he it, they like leap down the mountain. No, no, and- the best bit in it is when he flies out of MI5 in the boat, goes <laughs> the underneath graph. the bridge and yeah. does his tie. Fantastic. <laughs> That's pretty good in film. Yeah. Um, Die Another Day is all right, but it's the one where the guy's trying to transfer like, transfer his face. Yes. I like the Ice Palace bit. That's the bit I always remember. I, I like mean, that. it's it's GoldenEye. I quite like the scene yeah, as well. Yeah, gold. Yeah, with, gold. I like the scene with Halle Berry, Piers Bosnan in the bedroom with the fruit. Do you know what I'm talking about? No? <laughs> is, is that the, the strange is this anime the movie or is this watching? the random one you've been watching? No, no. It happens in Die Another Day. Leave you to catch up on that. I really liked him as Bond. I thought, I think he's been... I, th- I think the fact that Craig is so good and a bit grittier has kind of reflected badly on Brosnan. I really liked him as Bond. I wonder, think about this fact, I wonder whether during the audition process they have to look at you at all angles in a tux. See what you look like. Get you in it. See what the bum looks like, what the chest looks like, how it suits you. I reckon it's a lot. You know you said earlier that if you, you know, you, you could see yourself becoming a Bugatti man and becoming a knob. Hmm. I reckon I could be a knob in that if I was top tier actor and someone asked me to audition for something I'd be like nah not auditioning you either like me or you don't I think it's safe to say as well that yeah. if you were Bond it would be the spin off what would it be called like I don't know minus 001 James Bob James Bob yeah <laughs> James Bob you, you would be, I think you'd be good as a lot of things not a Bond why you say that you'd be good in Harry Potter but like a lead why, why would I not be a good Bond Mark good you'd, Bond? you'd be more Johnny English than James Bond <laughs> yeah right what film yeah, I bet you film. love Johnny English one, don't you? No, not a fan. Connor, yeah, you do. He's absolutely going in his top six. <laughs> Connor came in, right? Third, third favourite after Cheap by the Dozen one and two. Well, yeah. Spike is dropping down. <laughs> it goes Cheap by the Dozen one, yep. two, yep. three, Spike is. No, there's no third Cheap by the Dozen, mate. Cheap That's by the Dozen one, two, two. Spike is. Spike is one, original. That's Spike I interviewed two? him as well, the dad for me the other day. I lost my head. Was there Spike is two? Uh, yeah, not as good. First one. And then... How many John English has there been? Three? Three. Three. Yeah, loves them all. First one. First one's great. Yeah. When he climbs up the poo pipe, the sewer, and it all so goes down on it. <laughs> and she's really hot as well. Great. Right, well, yeah. Now they're Yeah, a little crush over her. Yeah. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Very simple on this. New Mexico came before Mexico. Why do they call it New Mexico? Great question. Uh, so New Mexico received its name in kind of the early 1800s and it referred to the heartland of the Mexica. So they were the rulers of the Aztec Empire. Sure. So they therefore called it New Mexico. Mexico at the time was called New Spain because it was owned by Spain. When they then got their independence, they went, hey, what should we call ourselves? Let's call ourselves Mexico. So New Mexico is actually older 
than plain old Mexico. Good. Really enjoyed that. What two bits of pop culture does New Mexico make you think of? Um, Breaking Bad, High School Musical. Not saying Breaking Bad. Opposite ends of the pop cultural spectrum. Yeah, very much so. I was thinking Nacho Libre. (laughs) Number seven, isn't it? (laughs) Number seven. Swift fifth, yeah. Yeah, Shallow Howl number eight. You've been to Mexico? No, not been to New Mexico either. Dude. You've been to Mexico? Ever so, just on the border there. Did you actually go in? Yeah, just in there. That's you swimming across the Rio Grande. Come back. What was better though, Mexican food or Tex-Mex? Tex-Mex. Connor. Of course he's saying that. Of course he is. Connor, we're getting a burrito. All right, you swimming across the Rio Grande. Get down. I tell you what, I really enjoyed that. Don't need to explore it further. No, very very simple. Bit of a mind melt. I'm excited to use my ball trimmer. Yeah. Manscaped.com. Use the code BAFFLED. 20% off. Free shipping. There's oils in there too. Last fact of the show, the man who invented the modern roundabout, the stop sign, the taxi stand, the one-way street, never learned how to drive. He's got a lot to answer for, that man, hasn't he? William Phelps Eno. Such a job's worth, isn't he? Brilliant name. He is. Just just, just put put one lane of traffic down here. It'll be fine. Make them go five minutes round to do a left turn. Why not? What's wrong with that? It needs it. Traffic needs this. You've really got to be... He's he's improving the world. Brilliant. Why? You don't even use the facility of which you're improving. Great question. He was born in 1858 in New York City. It started in 1867, so he'd have only been nine years old. Mm. Uh, He was caught in a traffic jam in New York with his mum, and only about a dozen horses and carriages were involved. And at that moment, he knew that something was needed to keep the traffic moving. When he was 40, he moved into the real estate business, uh, so made... Loads of houses and loads of streets and needed a way to keep traffic going and everything sorted and deficient. He published a paper, catchily called Reform in Our Street, Traffic Urgently Needed, in 1900. In 1903, he designed the road traffic regulations for New York. He developed the first traffic plans for New York, London and Paris. And he made stop signs, one-way streets, taxi stands, traffic circles, and pedestrian safety islands. So next time you are staying... Sa- Look at me, not at, your, not at your board trimmer. Next time, next time you are safe on the roads, think of William Phelps Eno, the man who'd never learned to drive. I call bull that at the age of nine, he was in a traffic jam and then was like, I will change the I can't world. even remember the fact. I'm already thinking about when I'm going to apply the oils to my balls. Pre-shave? Post-shave. Probably, you'll probably say on him what the best thing to do is. That's where I'm at. This guy, pff, not of an interest. Lovely tingle. That's what I'm thinking. Like a mint shower gel. Mm. Right? Absolutely. You do not want to be putting on that mint shower gel. What's that uh, mint one? Very yeah. green. We're not talking about them. We know the company. After. We're talking about Manscaped. After that. Thank you very much for listening to the show. What have we learned this week? If you have a Bugatti, you don't need one. Montenegro use money that they're not allowed to use. And... If you want to keep yourself trim, looking ship-shape and proper, next time you're in the bathroom, if you want to trim, if you want to make things all nice down there, all well-smelling and oiled, get a nice deal with our friends at manscaped.com. Buy what you like. Use the code BAFFLED. It helps you out, obviously. Helps them out. More importantly, it helps us out. Hmm. Have a good look. Yeah, there's a there's a good uh, thing here. Crop, Why are you looking at mine? Crop preserver. Yeah. This one here is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, advanced groin care. One Apparently, according to producer Adam, who's used it before, very good if you don't sport. Producer Adam would have used it, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's one, a, yeah. One question. Hmm. 
are you going to use those products right now in the toilet outside? Absolutely. See ya. Live reaction. No, it's not <laughs> happening. Uh, yeah, we've, we'll have a brand new Baffle Bite Size for you tomorrow, right the way through till Friday, then a brand new episode the week after next. Also, it's coming up to Thanksgiving. Connor pretends he's American, so expect a lot of that chat. Oh, I'll be out there for it. And get in touch with us, baffledpod.com. Get to manscaped.com as well. Use the code baffled. Win. Get yourself some money back, and we will see you next week. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. <laughs> he's already leaving the studio. Say goodbye, Mark. Bye. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.